0: So what I wanted to talk to you about the first, this first hour is a, um, it's a, a kind of a topical message, so, but I hope it'll be something that will be helpful to all of us. So the subject is the spiritual discipline of memorizing scripture, spiritual discipline of memorizing scripture. And when I, I preached this message a number of years ago at our church, and, and at the time my son uh, William, he asked me what I was speaking on, and I told him, and he said, well, that sounds dull. But well, he was a lot younger at the time. Um, and so I hope that's not your response this morning. But, you know, one, one reason this might sound dull is that a lot of times we, we um, associate memorization with, you know, like having to memorize a lot of facts and information when we're in school, right? And a lot of that stuff ends up, you know, in the long run not being that useful or helpful, right? And so we may have a kind of a negative connotation about memorizing anything. And In fact, I read a... Um, an article that um, on this subject that said this: At first glance, memorizing Bible verses might seem a strange activity. For many Christians, Bible verse memorization is something kids do in Sunday school, not something that serious adults do. Okay, and that may be you know the attitude of a lot of people. So, but I hope um, that if that's your attitude, that will change by the time we're done. I hope it's not your attitude, but. Um, all right, so what, and what prompted me to, to think about this uh, was several years ago, I had a discussion with a man. At the time, he was a pastor of a church up in Kansas City. His name is Dan Pentamone. Uh, he's visited our church uh, a number of times. I don't know, I think, you know, I don't know, John, do you ever meet Dan? Okay, you might have met him, but he comes, and they come pretty regularly because uh, in San Antonio, there's something called the National Bible Bee Competition. It's, held, it's an annual event. It's held every year. And it's like, is, has anybody heard of that? The Bible Bee? Okay. So it's like a spelling bee, but it's a Bible verse memorization competition. It's a national thing. Yeah, you can sign up for it. And, uh, and so Dan told me, so they come about every year because he's got, I don't know, six or eight kids. And most of them have kind of gone, you know, taken part in this competition, you know, at least a couple of times. So, And he told me at the time that his children had to memorize a thousand verses to reach the national level of this competition. And then he shared with me that the student who won the competition, this was several years ago, uh, for her age group, when she was only five, had memorized the entire Psalm 119. And do you know how many verses are in Psalm 119? It's a, a lot. It's 176. It's the longest chapter in the Bible, right? And she was five, okay? And I, I remember telling Dan, well, that's Kind of convicting right uh, and so it also reminded me of my own experience as a young christian with uh, an organization called the Navigators. so i was converted through uh, i was in college but it was an organization uh, which, which is the navigators it's a parachurch organization kind of like campus crusade for christ but they're very active in the military and on college campuses and so we did a lot of scripture memory um, and we used something called the topical memory system where we would memorize two verse i think it was two verses a week on specific kind of key topics uh you know christian doctrinal topics and so i still remember a lot of those verses um and so you know but regrettably i i you know looking back this is like you know 30 years ago i was probably more (laughs) committed to memorizing scripture on a regular basis in those first couple of years as a christian than i've been since then Um, And a couple of years ago, well, actually, it's been more than that now, a brother uh, who's one of the pastors at our church, Craig Musselman, he and I, we we began memorizing the book of Colossians together. And so our goal was, we were just going to do one verse uh, a week, and at that rate, we could have gotten through the entire book of Colossians in two years, okay, and that seemed pretty reasonable, one verse a week, right? Well, you know, we got through about the first two chapters and into chapter three, and then, you know, you just get sidetracked. And so we, we kind of, a couple of times we've started and stopped. And and just recently, I t- Craig told me, I said, we need to get back into Colossians. So we're going we're gonna to try to make that a goal. So so my objective this morning is to discuss some of the purposes, the purpose and the benefits of memorizing scripture um, and some, some of the obstacles that we face in doing it, and then some practical tips and motivators to help us to to try to do this better. So, what are some of the benefits of memorizing Scripture? Why should we be concerned to do it? Well, there are several us, right? Um, but, and, and if that ever happens to you, well, that, then I think we'll, we, you'll gr- more greatly appreciate your need for all of the spiritual weaponry that God has given us, uh, including the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. Okay? And that would be another reason to, to have Scripture stored up in your mind. Okay. Uh, Several years ago, I heard a pastor on the radio discuss how scripture memory had helped him overcome a particular sin in his life. And so this pastor was being interviewed, and he shared that while he was in college, he had... Memorized 21 verses in 21 days using this topical memory system that I mentioned that I, I did when I was in college. And so, what happened was his roommate was wanting to memorize these verses. And so, this pastor, he just agreed that he would help his roommate to do that, right? You know, and so, but in the process, he ended up memorizing these verses himself. And so, he shared how those verses had helped him to defeat a, a struggle with lust that he was experiencing. Um, Now, what do you you think is the best biblical illustration of this truth that having Scripture memorized supplies power to overcome temptation to sin? Jesus in the wilderness, and the the devil, exactly. Yeah, remember, Jesus' temptation by Satan in the wilderness. It's recorded in Matthew 4, uh, 1 through 11. Matthew 4, 1 through 11. We won't look at all that, but I'm just going to quote a couple of those verses. So, each time the devil tempted Jesus... Well, how did Christ respond? Well, he responded with the sword of the Spirit, the word of God. So he used scripture that was that he had memorized to defeat Satan's temptations. Interestingly, even when Satan himself twists scripture to try to tempt him. So in verse 6 of Matthew 4, if you want to look at that one, we can. Matthew 4. Verse six. Well, let's see in verse five. Then the, then the devil took him to the holy city and set him on the pinnacle of the temple and said to him, if you are the son of God, throw yourself down for it is written. He will command his angels concerning you and on their hands they will bear you up, lest you strike your foot against a stone. So so the devil actually quotes scripture to Christ here. Right. But he's he's misquoting. He's misapplying it. And so Jesus then corrects him. Jesus said to him again, it is written, you shall not put the Lord your God to the test. So, uh, but, but Christ defeats Satan's temptations, and he does it be, by using the Word of God that he has stored up in his mind. And so one of the ways, we're talking about the benefits of memorizing Scripture, why, why we, we should be concerned to, to discipline ourselves to memorize the Word of God. All right? And so one of, the, one of the reasons why is because it's going to pro, it will provide spiritual power to defeat temptations to sin. That's one of the, one of the reasons we should do it. Okay, another reason why we should be, be concerned to think about being serious about memorizing scripture is it's a means of strengthening your faith. It's a means of strengthening your faith, uh, and if you know if you're a, a Christian, we all I think would say we want to have greater faith, right? We want to have more faith. Um, so Proverbs twenty-two, you want to turn there? We'll look at this. Proverbs twenty-two. Verses 17 through 19. <clears throat> Proverbs 22, 17 through 19 says, somebody want to read that? Somebody have that? Open. If not I can read it, but somebody have it? I'll read it. You got it? Go ahead. Incline your ear and hear the words of the wise <coughs> and apply your heart to my knowledge. For it will be pleasant if you keep them within you, if all of them are ready on your lips. In verse 19. That your trust may be in the Lord. I have made them known to you today, even to you. Okay, all right. So here we're taught to apply our heart or our mind to knowledge. And then we're told if we if we do this, if we keep them within us, knowledge, God's words, God's statutes, we keep them within us. If they are ready on our lips, he says, why should we do this? Why should we have God's knowledge, His words, His law on our, in our mind, on our lips, if, if all of them are ready in our lips? In verse 19, in order that your trust may be in the Lord. All right, and so having. Having God's word in our, in our mind, on our, on our lips, uh, you know, it certainly applies to memorizing scripture, okay? And the reason why we, we, should, we want to do that is in order that our trust may be in the Lord. So by having scripture memorized, it's a means of strengthening our faith, that our trust may be in the Lord. And it may come at a time just when you, you know, your faith is being challenged the most. And by having scripture stored up, that can be a means that God can use to reinforce and strengthen your faith. Now, also, how about memorizing specific promises from the Bible? That can also be a means of strengthening your faith, right? Let's say, you know, you're going through a trial or a difficulty of some sort, maybe a financial struggle, and you're tempted to doubt God's ability to uh, meet, provide for your needs. And then you can remember the promise of Philippians 4.19, that God will supply every need of those who are generous toward him. Anybody have that memorized? Philippians 4.19. And my God will supply every need of yours according to His riches and glory in Christ Jesus. Okay, so you're struggling, you're going through. A, you know, I, I I can remember going through a period in my life when I struggled. I was having a lot of issues with my job, and and you, you can be tempted to, to question God's ability. And then, but a verse like that will help you to remember God's going to meet my needs. He's promised. Okay, He's, he's gonna, He'll meet my needs. Uh, maybe you doubt your salvation, maybe, or maybe you're confused about the doctrine of election, and you're wondering if you are one of the elect. Okay, well, if you've memorized a verse like John 6.37, John 6.37, where Jesus promises that all that the Father gives me will come to me, and whoever comes to me I will never cast out. Okay, well that can be a tremendous help to your faith, right? You can say, Lord, I come to you as I am. I believe this promise that you will never cast out one who comes to you. All right. Um, So memorizing scripture, another benefit is it can be a means of of strengthening our faith. All right. Um, A third benefit, reason why we ought to think about doing this more seriously, is memorization can be the means to greater intimacy with God and greater Christ likeness. Okay, greater intimacy with God and greater Christ-likeness. So a couple years ago, a number of years ago, I read a book, a little booklet, that contains some poems and some other writings by a woman. Her name is Frances Ridley Havergal. Are you familiar with that name? Yeah, yeah, she's written a number of hymns. Uh, actually, well, she was a prolific hymn writer, a poet, an author. And we, One of the, her hymns that, you, that we sing, I'm sure you guys recognize, uh, Take My Life and Let It Be. It's one of her more well-known hymns, which, but she wrote a lot. So, her poetry, it's beautiful. And if you ever read it, uh, this was just a short little booklet, just had kind of a sampling of her poems, that it really exudes a deep love for Christ. And she lived a relatively short life. She uh, was born in 1836, and she died when she was only 42 in 1879. But between 1870 and 1900, it's estimated that four million of her books were published. Okay? And so, Charles Spurgeon, who was a contemporary of hers, this is what he said about. Francis Havergal. He says, Miss Havergal seems to me to have got into the very center of the storms that are disturbing others and abides in perfect peace. She seems to have penetrated to the very heart of God who is a consuming fire and rests absolutely in his love. She could never have written as she has except for an extraordinary intimacy with God. And so, you know, I thought, well, you know, I mean, do you want to have an extraordinary intimacy with God? I I mean, I do, right? And do you want your life to be characterized this way? Well, you know, what was the secret to this extraordinary intimacy that she had with God that enabled her to write the way that she wrote? Well, for one thing, she had a deep love for the Word of God. And so all of her poems, they really breathe of Christ and His love. And so one of them in this, this short booklet, one of them... I've forgotten how many lines the poem was was pretty long, maybe 40 or 50 lines or something. But every line of the poem had a scripture verse, had a reference, every one. Um, And so this woman, Francis, her sister Maria said this. Her sister wrote that Francis had memorized all of the New Testament books except the book of Acts, all of the minor prophets, Isaiah, and all of the Psalms. That's what her sister said, right? So certainly... Uh, if that's true, uh, a large factor in the unusual intimacy with God that she experienced was her deep knowledge of God's word and the large portions of it that she had memorized. Okay? And so she had experienced to a greater degree than most what Paul writes in 2 Corinthians 3.18. 2 Corinthians 3.18, Paul says, and we all with unveiled face beholding the glory of the Lord are being transformed into the same image from one degree of glory to another. Well, how do we behold the Lord's glory? Well, we we behold Christ in his word, right? And so memorizing scripture makes our, it should make our gaze on Jesus steadier and clearer. Okay, so that's a third benefit for memorizing scripture. It's, It's a means of enabling us to have greater intimacy with God. All right, another benefit is Memorization is a help in witnessing to and counseling others. So do you remember on the day of Pentecost, when uh, in Acts chapter 2, when Peter stands up and he's inspired by the Spirit, he preaches an evangelistic sermon and 3,000 people are converted at one time, right? Now, what did much of his sermon consist of? Do you remember? It was uh, at least two Psalms, correct? And, And the prophet Joel. And so he basically quotes from the Psalms and, and quotes from Joel verbatim, okay? And God uses that, and 3,000 people are converted, okay? Now, there's probably a difference between, you know, his... That was a unique experience, and, you know, he was a uniquely inspired sermon. You know, a difference between that and maybe spontaneous situations that you and I may come up, you know, when we're witnessing to someone, right? But, but his experience demonstrates how having Scripture memorized and prepare us to be ready for unexpected witnessing or counseling opportunities. Um, you know, have you ever been, you know, witnessing to somebody, maybe a, or maybe a Jehovah's Witness or a Mormon comes to your door, and you know there's a verse or a passage that directly addresses their question or their objection, but you can't remember exactly where in the Bible it is, right? Well, if you have, you know, kind of key passages of Scripture memorized, that will help you in situations like that. And the same thing applies in counseling situations. You know, Maybe some a brother or sister comes to you and they want some advice about something. Well, if you have verses memorized that pertain to that issue, that will enable you, help you to be a greater help in giving godly counsel. All right? So that's another, another benefit. It's help us in witnessing, help us in counseling others. Um, another one is memorization can be a means of God's guidance of God's guidance. You remember the, psalm, the psalmist writes in Psalm 119, verse 24, your testimonies are my delight, they are my counselors. And in verse 105 of that psalm, he declares that your word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. So lamps are used to what? To guide us when we're in the dark, right? Or we don't know which way to go. And so do any it. of us need counsel or guidance on anything? Well, we all need it on a regular basis, right? We need guidance, we need direction, we need counsel from God. So uh, in the same way that the Holy Spirit can bring to mind scriptural truth stored in our memory that can be you know, helpful and useful in counseling others, it can also, the Holy Spirit can use that to, to provide guidance for ourselves, right? Okay, so that's another benefit of memorizing scripture. Not only that you can be a help to others, but God can use it to help you, to give you guidance, give you direction. Okay, another one, another benefit, why we ought to think about being serious and intentional about seeking to memorize scripture is that it stimulates and promotes meditation. Meditation. Now, you know, in our day, the the concept of meditation has somewhat of a negative connotation, right? I mean, we tend to associate, you know, when we think about meditation, you might think about transcendental meditation or yoga uh, or Eastern or New Age religions um, but the meditation taught by these false religious movements is very different from the meditation encouraged in the Bible. Uh, the meditation that's taught by New Age movements emphasizes emptying your mind as much as possible and trying to reach a point of mental passivity or trying to visualize your own reality. Okay? There's actually a website, howtomeditate.org. Okay, if you go there and it says this, it says meditation, the purpose of meditation, according to, this is a secular website, is to make our mind calm and peaceful. Okay, but Christian meditation, on the other hand, rather than, you know, emptying your mind to give it a false sense of peace, involves filling your mind as much as possible with God and with his truth. And so instead of being a passive exercise, it requires a great deal of mental energy and activity. Uh, Donald B- Whitney has written a book, um, Spiritual Disciplines of the Christian Life. Are you all familiar? Somebody, or at least familiar with Donald Whitney? Yeah. Yeah. And so, and he's got a chapter in there on meditation. This is what he says. He defines meditation as deep thinking on the truths and spiritual realities revealed in Scripture for the purposes of understanding, application, and prayer. Okay? so it's deep thinking on truths and spiritual realities revealed in the bible for the purpose of understanding applying it and then and then prayer so meditation goes beyond just hearing reading studying and even memorizing as a means of taking in god's word and so here, there's an analogy you know you may have heard you may have heard this analogy but of a cow chewing its cud to describe meditation so a cow eats by chewing its food, swallowing, and then partially di- digesting it in the stomach. Okay, And, and I'm not a, I've, I've just read this, I'm not a, you know, a farmer, I don't have a lot of agricultural knowledge, but this is, this is what, what a cow uh, does. But the food that is partially digested is called cud, and then the stomach sends the cud back up to the cow's mouth to chew some more before it's finally swallowed and fully digested. And this process is called rumination. OK, so to ruminate is defined by the dictionary as to chew again something that has been chewed slightly and swallowed or to go over in the mind repeatedly and often casually and slowly. OK, so the idea is that we should ruminate or meditate on God's word and memorizing scripture as a means to help facilitate meditate, meditating. And so let me talk a little bit more just on this whole subject of meditation, biblical meditation. The Bible refers to four general objects of meditation, things that we are given specific instruction that we should meditate on. And the one that is mentioned more often than any other is, what do you think? The Word. Meditation on the content of Scripture itself. We're given more instruction to do that than on meditate on anything else. Psalm 119 has many of these references, uh, where in different verses the psalmist says he will Meditate on God's precepts, on his ways, his decrees, his law, his statutes, and his promises. Psalm 1, verses 1 and 2 declares that blessed is the man whose, what, whose delight is in the law of the Lord, and on his law he meditates day and night, right? Okay, so the primary focus of our meditation Should be on God's word, all right. Now, but there are three other, at least three other objects of meditation that the Bible speaks about. Things that we're given kind of specific instruction that we should meditate on. What do you think those might be? Any thought? Yeah. So one is God's word. We're we're told more more often than anything else to meditate on God's word. Can you think of anything else that we're told to meditate on, to think deeply on, to you know, to ruminate? The gospel? Uh, yeah, we're not told specifically. I mean, that would be maybe part of, part of his word, right? It's revealed to us. We're, okay, I'll tell you. Well, one is God's creation. God's creation. In Psalm 143, verse 5, David says, I remember the days of old. I meditate on all that you have done. I ponder the work of your hands. Okay, so it, it's appropriate to meditate on. You know, if you ever go someplace you know, have you ever been out to the Grand Canyon? You know, or some place where it's just just the beauty, the majesty of the creation is revealed. Well, it's appropriate to to, to meditate, to think. You know, we you don't, you don't you don't worship the creation, but to think if this creation is so spectacular and so beautiful and so you know immense and, and majestic, well, what does that say about the creator who created this, right? And so we can, med- you know, we're going to head up to Montana this summer. We're going to see uh, Jason's. Uh, Folks, we're looking forward to that. And so I've never been, well, when I was a kid, I was. But uh, I just, I'm, I'm looking forward just to seeing the spectacular beauty, the scenery, you know, and hopefully we'll, we'll do some fun things. But just, just I want to be there. I <laughs> just want to see it. So we can meditate. And that, that ought to, you know, when we do that, well, that ought to give us a, a greater appreciation for God and his majesty, right, and his glory and his power. So we can meditate on the creation. Another thing we're told to meditate on, this is kind of related, is God's providence, his working in history. So Psalm 77, verse 12, Psalm 77, verse 12, the psalmist says, I will ponder all your work and meditate on your mighty deeds. Okay. So we can, you know, you can do that even in your own life. You can go back and just, just meditate. Think about, you know, God's providence in your life and how, how he's worked to, to, to save you and to, um, to meet your needs and to get you through trials and struggles and difficulties and, d- and to get you to this point safely, right? You know, I mean, you can, we can meditate and be thankful and, and look back and, on God's works of providence um, in the world and in our own lives. And then the fourth thing that we're told specifically to meditate on is, is God himself or his character. Okay? Psalm 63, verses 5 and 6 Psalm 63, verses 5 and 6, David says this. He says, My soul will be satisfied as with fat and rich food, and my mouth will praise you with joyful lips when I remember you on my bed and meditate on you in the watches of the night. And then in Psalm 145, verse 5, David says, Psalm 145, verse 5, he says, On the glorious splendor of your majesty, I will meditate. Okay? So it's appropriate that we meditate on God. Just think about God and his character and who he is. Okay? So so those are some of the things that we're, we're, we're given specific instruction that we should meditate on. So how does memorizing scripture stimulate meditation? Well, the benefit is if you've memorized a verse or a passage or, you know, a chapter, you can meditate upon it anywhere you are at any time, right? You know, doing about anything. Uh, you don't have to have your Bible with you or you don't have to be somewhere where you can read um, because you've got to store it stored up in your mind. You know, if, you know, if you ever wake up in the middle of the night and, you know, you can't quite go back to sleep, you don't really want to get up and, you know, you're just, you're just lying there. Well, if you've got Scripture stored up in your mind, you, you can meditate. You can think about it, right? I mean, you could pray also, but, if you're, you know, if you're too tired, you can, you can meditate. Meditate on Scripture. Meditate on God. In Psalm 1, verses 1 and 2, we looked at, previously we're told that blessed, happy is the man whose delight is in the law of the Lord, and on his law he meditates day and night. And then in the next verse, Psalm 1, a promise is given to the man whose delight is in the law of the Lord, the man or woman who seeks to meditate on his law day and night. The promise is given that in all that he does, he prospers. Okay, so there's a connection between the practice of meditating on and delighting in God's word and spiritual prosperity or success. Okay, so if you're struggling spiritually or you're struggling with a certain sin or a lack of assurance of your salvation, well, you know, perhaps it's due to a lack of meditation on on the word of God. Uh, another con- A similar connection between meditation and spiritual prosperity is made in Joshua 1.8. It's another verse that I memorized early on. The problem is, you know, when you, when you switch translations of the Bible, you know, I started off, I was reading the NIV, I think, and, and I memorized a lot of verses in the NIV, and then I switched to the King James, and then I went to the New King James, and now I'm in the ESV. And so, you know, sometimes you're, you know, when you memorize it, in one, you, know, you, you don't quite get it right. <laughs> but Joshua 1.8 says... This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate on it day and night so that you may be careful to do according to all that is written in it. For then you will make your way prosperous and then you will have good success. OK, so again, there's a connection between meditating on God's word and prospering, at least in a spiritual sense. Right. And, and having good success. Um, so there's this connection. So memorizing scripture fosters meditation by making truth more accessible for the purpose of meditating upon it and if you've stored up deposits of truth in your mind and your heart it's easier to ruminate or to think deeply about these truths. Okay so those are some of the benefits of why we should seek to memorize scripture maybe there are others that you can you can think about does anybody else have a th- a thought as to what it would be another benefit uh, some well that's yeah that's good that's true especially i mean hopefully here in, in this country you know we will for a while but you don't know and if you go you end up you know going over to the middle east or going some going to some other country yeah you may not actually have a bible right it could be taken from you yeah and so, having this, the Word of God stored up in your mind, I'm trying to think, what, you know, some of those Roma- Romanian, you know, prisoners who were kept in, in jail for many years, but, you know, had Scripture in stored in their mind that sustained them, right? Yeah, yeah. I'm trying to think. Um, Wormbrand, I've read part of his biography. I, yeah, but I think he was even able to, you know, to kind of do some. There were other Christians there, even do some kind of, you know, preaching when they would get together, just from what he had in his head. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That's a huge benefit. Yeah. OK, well, so so if there are so many, you know, benefits and helps to doing this, why what are some obstacles or hindrances that we might have to, to, to memorizing? Well, I think there are several. Right. One is could just be one, maybe just a lack of instruction. Right. I mean, some Christians, you know, may never have really received any instruction on this subject or maybe you've never really thought seriously about it. You know, it could be a new idea. Um, you know, well, if that's the case, you know, hopefully, you know, you can see that there are many benefits of, of doing this, right? And hopefully that'll be a motivation to, to get serious about, about doing it. Uh, another obstacle is, you know, some people say, I just don't have a good memory, right? Okay. Well, but really, I think that's probably just kind of a poor excuse, right? Because most of the time, memorizing, it's really mainly a problem of motivation, You know, if we can remember names of people and telephone numbers and addresses and birthdays, then you can memorize scripture, right? The question really is, you know, whether you and I are willing to discipline ourselves to do it. Um, You know, if you have small children, you know, you know that they can memorize verses pretty easily. Um, Earlier, I mentioned uh, this Bible Bee competition where a five-year-old, had memorized the entire Psalm 119, 176 verses, okay? So if a five-year-old can do that, you and I can can memorize scripture, right? This gentleman who, um, who was, his name was Dawson Trotman. He was the founder of this organization, The Navigators, um, that I was involved with in college. He committed, when he was first saved, to memorizing one verse a day. And so he was driving a truck, For a lumber yard in Los Angeles, so he had a lot of time, you know, driving around. So, but but he did that. So for three years, he memorized one verse a day, and so he memorized about a thousand verses in that three-year span. Uh, Now, when I when I first I preached this message about five or six years ago, I also used the example of a man who a lot of you would probably know. He, the Bible Answer Man, Hank Hanegraaff. Are you all familiar with him? Okay, because he had memorized a great deal of Scripture, and I, I was using him as kind of a positive example. But I don't know if you're familiar with what's happened to him the last couple of years. Sadly, he's, um, he and his wife and two of his children, they've basically left evangelical Christianity to join the Eastern Orthodox Church, which is really very close to the Catholic Church in many doctrinal matters. And so, and so I'll just in passing, I'll just mention, in fact, a couple of weeks ago, he posted a uh, video where now he's promoting the perpetual virginity of Mary. So he posted it, which the Bible clearly does not teach. And so I watched um, a response to that video by James White, who's the Christian apologist. And so White, he gave a, you know, a very strong refutation of, of these errors. And so anyway, it's just sad that you know this is kind of a sober warning right, to all of us that just because Somebody knows the Bible well, or maybe somebody's memorized a lot, right? And maybe his, they've articulated and defended biblical Christianity for many years. That doesn't necessarily guarantee their ultimate um, salvation. I mean, I don't know where this hanograph is at, but he's certainly going in a bad direction, right? So, um, you know, we need to persevere to the end, trusting in Christ alone for our salvation. But it also, I think, teaches the importance of being committed to a biblical church where you can receive sound teaching and counsel and correction— if you know you begin to stray doctrinally right okay so but that's an obstacle some people say um i just don't have a very good memory well that's really that's probably just an excuse right How, another one is just laziness right um and that's kind of closely related to you know the the excuse of i don't have a good memory uh the fact is that you know memorizing the bible or just like any other spiritual discipline, reading the Bible, prayer, fasting, evangelism requires work and mental effort, right? And so why do many Christians neglect this? Well, this is what R.C. Sproul says uh, in his book, Knowing Scripture. So he's talking about the neglect of studying the Bible among Christians, but that, this applies to memorizing it also. This is what he says. He says, here then is the real problem of our negligence. We fail in our duty to study God's word, not so much because it is difficult to understand, not so much because it is dull and boring, but because it is work. Our problem is not a lack of intelligence or a lack of passion. Our problem is that we are lazy. Okay, and I think that's, you know, by and large, true. (laughs) All right. Okay, so let me just give you some, you know, in conclusion here. So maybe some applications or some helps in, in seeking to memorize. So what are some tips? Well, you know, one is, is to have a plan. You know, you, I mean, you can, you can buy, you know, there are prepackaged scripture memory plans like this one I talk. you know, the topical memory system. Or you can pick a topic that you're struggling with, or maybe you can pick a chapter or a book of the Bible, right? But just have some kind of a plan, right? Uh, you could write out verses, or you could make a copy from your Bible. You could—I used to—we used to do this. This is back before we had, you know, smartphones. But I, you know, I had verses written out on little cards, and so I could carry them with me. And if I, I was at a point where I had some time, I could pull out this little pack and kind of review them. Um, another tip is to seek to to try to memorize word perfectly. Because if you, if you don't, then you'll, you'll tend up you'll, you'll lose confidence when you're seeking to witness or having a conversation with others. And it'll be, it'll, be, it'll be easier to review if you've memorized it word for word, if you get it perfectly. All right. So seek to do that. Um, another one is to, to review and to meditate regularly. So in order to retain what you've learned, you've got to review it. Right. I mean, this, our, our, just our brains are, are wired that way. In fact, Donald Whitney says that at some point it's not unusual to spend 80 percent of your time just reviewing verses you've already memorized. OK, so that's something we need to we need to do. Uh, if you have a smartphone or if you're, you know, savvy with computers, there are a lot of apps. The Bible memory app, that's the one that Craig and I are trying to use to help us. But there are a lot of apps that you can you can download that will help you to to memorize scripture. Another thing that you can do, you could use, if you're musically inclined, you could put scripture to music, which somehow that helps you to retain things. When I was a young Christian, I had a friend, this is uh, about 35 years ago, um, who had put many scripture verses to, to, I don't know if he did, or I think he did, or he he and another friend did, but they put them to music, to tunes. And so when I would go over, I was single, and we I'd go over to their house a lot, and, and you know to eat. And typically they would they would sing some of these scripture songs. And so um, I still remember some of them, you know, 35 years later. and I don't even review them, but because there's a tune associated with them. So that's that would be another means that might help you to to to, to store and keep things stored in your mind. Another tip could be: well, find somebody to memorize with to help keep you accountable. Uh, you know, Some people might be able to just do this themselves, right? But a lot of us would benefit from having someone else to meet with or talk with regularly just to kind of be, help us to be consistent and keep moving forward, right? Um, and then remember, though, that memorizing verses is not an end in itself. The goal is not to see how many verses you can memorize, but the goal is increased godliness and conformity to the image of Christ and greater intimacy with God in our relationship with him, right? So we want to memorize the word of God so that it can transform our minds and our lives. Colossians 3.16 says this, Colossians 3.16, Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly, teaching and admonishing one another in all wisdom, singing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs with thankfulness in your hearts to God. Okay, so we want his, his word to dwell in us richly so that we can, one of the reasons we can teach and admonish one another. Let me, I'll end with this uh, a quote by uh, John Piper. He wrote an article titled, Why Memorize Scripture? And in the article, he, uh, John Piper quotes another gentleman. Um, his name is Dallas Willard. I don't know a lot about him, but he's a Christian writer and a philosopher. But this is what this, this gentleman says that Piper quotes. He says, Bible memorization is absolutely fundamental to spiritual formation. If I had to choose between all the disciplines of the spiritual life, I would choose Bible memorization because it is a fundamental way of filling our minds with what it needs. This book of the law shall not depart out of your mouth. That's where you need it. How does it get in your mouth? Memorization. All right. Okay, well. um, Now, you know. This all really applies to those of us who are Christians, right? Now, if you're not a Christian, actually, well, actually memorizing Scripture could be helpful to you because God could use that, you know, we're born again by the Word of God, right? So if you're not a Christian, there's still benefit. Children, there's a benefit to, to memorizing Scripture, okay? Because God can use that in your life to, to draw you, to awaken you, to, to see your need for Christ, that you would come and put your faith and trust in Him. So there's a benefit even for, a, you know, having our children memorize Scripture, even if they're lost. So I pray that this would be, this has been helpful to all of us to give us a greater delight in God's word and a greater discipline in memorizing it so that ultimately we would all know and love the Lord Jesus Christ more than we do now. Amen? Amen. All right, let's pray. Father, we thank you for, uh, we thank you for your word, Lord. We thank you for what it supplies us with the knowledge of you and the knowledge of sin and lord thank you for the the help we receive through your word and i pray you'd help all of us to seek to uh, to have greater discipline to store your word up in our heart in our mind that we would be more conformed to the image of your son that we would meditate more on your word and on you and on your providence and even on your creation lord So help us Help us to to grow in this this discipline. And I pray that you'd be merciful to save those who are unconverted, Father. Even use your word in the hearts of our children to awaken them and to draw them to yourself. We ask these things and we pray in Jesus' name. Amen.